Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker betting show. This is a Cheltenham preview. Yes, the jumps are back and I am delighted to be joined by Andy Holding and Ed Quigley as we look ahead to Saturday's racing at Cheltenham. Uh, normally I'd give first run to Andy. Andy loving the little Halloween decoration behind you as well. Lovely, lovely touch. But Ed, you're our man on the ground looking incredibly smart as well. I mean, you're showing me right up. Uh, but you are just around the corner from the race course. And um, yeah, I mean, this is, we're recording this just after half past 10 on Friday morning. So we're going to learn a fair bit about the ground uh, in a couple of hours or so ahead of Friday's card. Uh, but fair to say, the, uh, yeah, it, a few unknowns as to what it's going to be like on Saturday. Yeah, indeed. Um, spot on there, George, your assessment. Uh, some birdie was telling me uh, officially. Uh, the, the fastest going description at Cheltenham uh, for this century of good to firm, good in places to, to uh, start a meeting on. Uh, however, as I said, uh, this is, you know, we're recording this on, on Friday morning, uh, around 9am, the heavens opened. I said, I'm about three minutes from the course. It has been absolutely monsooning it down for well over an hour now. And I mean, absolutely, mm. there's, there's already lakes gathering on the uh, the road outside. So absolutely no idea. We'll get, we'll get that, um, Disclaimer in early doors when all our selections <laughs> dropping out the back of the television. But good to firm water ground, absolutely hammering it down. So I have no idea what the, the ground will be, but let alone by the Friday's racing. By the time they, the, the Saturday they declare, I have no idea what we're going to be looking at. But I, I imagine the ground will take the uh, the water pretty well. And uh, we'll be looking around good good ground there or thereabouts. But are shooting in the dark a little bit on the, on that assumption. I think every good racing betting preview should start with the first guest saying, I've got no idea five times in the first answer. <laughs> Andy, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Andy, the jumps are back. Are you, are you energised, invigorated by the prospect of the national hunt season? Yeah, very much so. Yeah, um, looks a decent two days. Typical Cheltenham in many respects, not massive fields in, in the conditions races and, and the novice races, but we've we've come to expect that over the last... Uh, 10, 10 years, decade or so. Um, and that drop of rain, well, more than a drop of rain by the sound of it, mm. is going to be welcome news for quite a few connections that were probably um, just kind of holding fire uh, to see whether it's suitable to run their horses maybe Saturday, get a bit of a feeler. I did notice that Gordon Elliott put Music Drive, who was in the first race uh, on Saturdays, we're going to discuss it. He's also in on Friday as well. So, um He'll probably be out walking the course, and if it's perhaps not suitable on Friday, he might he might go on Saturday if they get the rain. But uh, yeah, good card we're, we're going to be dealing with anyway. That's the main thing. Yeah, we're going to go straight into Saturday's card. Just go through the card from start to finish in a pretty quick whistle-stop fashion um, here today uh, with the guys. Uh, before we get into the racing, which we'll do in just a second, I'm going to point you in the, in the direction of the Odds Checker app. Do download the app now for the best prices, bookie offers, free bets, place terms, and Andy's tips, amongst other tipsters. Straight to the app every single morning of racing as well. Uh, but let's get into it. And um, we are going to go through the card. But as is always the case, guys, if you've got no plays, uh, just say so and we'll move on. Uh, Andy, we'll, we'll touch on the, the novice hurdle to open, uh, where Wrexham is the 3-1 to favourite. Shearer, 7-2. St. Palais, 4-1. Uh, to one. The Moon Sees Me, 11-2. Uh, Music Drive, 7-1. to one. Twig, 8-1. to one. No No Maestro, 12s. Serious Operator, 12s. Eight runners um, and... You know, a fair bit of form to go off for, for a novice hurdle at this stage of the season. Um, who stands out to you? Yeah, lots of nice horses in this. A lot of unknown quantities, uh, which is not really what you want to hear, really. I'd, you'd like to, for me to be a little bit more confident or definitive what mm. might win it. But we have got a lot of horses 
sort of chopping and changing here. Obviously, we've got Music Drive, who's declared to run, and by the looks of it, will run on the Friday in the 2.45. So it looks as though he'll be out. So that, the dynamics are going to change. We're going to get a seven-runner race instead of an eight-runner race. So each-way betting is um, a little bit more complicated. Um, and then you've got two horses that have been – well, three horses have been – sort of plying their trade um, over fences. Um, St. Palais and Twig being the, the main two. Shearer, um, he, I think he was another one who has toyed, uh, toyed with the idea of going over fences as well. So it, it, it's a real nasty one, this. And then you chuck in the likes of Wrexham and the Moon Sea, who have both been in fairly impressive form over in Ireland. And this is a difficult one. The one I haven't mentioned is the one I quite like. Um, what's called Serious Operator. Could be very well named this horse. Um, it, it didn't cost a packet. Probably indicative of uh, the purse purse that sort of the, the Lucinda Russell stable might have, and generally speaking, connections up in the north might have. But that looks to be a good bit of business based on the victory he had uh, on his novice hurdle debut and rules debut at Kelso twenty odd days ago, when he loaded the colours of a horse called Mortlack, who's been in really good form throughout the summer jumping period, both over hurdles and over. Fences. He had the fitness on his side more. Like he went off in front, set a good gallop. The time figure was very good. And yet, serious operator breezed by him late on and won in the style of a, a pretty useful horse. So we we already know his fitness is not in question. He likes good or but worse, no no worse than good to soft ground. Um, he's done a good number, and I think it's very significant that Lucinda Russell and Connections are already dipping their toe in a Charlton race. They could have easily found another race up the north. And as we know, Lucinda's got a really good record now down south when she comes here at Charlton. So he, he'd be the one I'd I'd, uh, I'd be looking to get with um, in that in that opening race tomorrow. Yeah, there yeah. we go. So a big price fancy in the first serious operator, twelve to one. That is with William Hill. Um, Ed, any of you on the first? Uh, tentatively, be with um, Shearer here. Uh, around, I think we're around seven to two mark. Uh, the tongue tie went on for the first time at Worcester uh, last time out and fairly bolted up like in the process beaten exposed sort in red happy so perhaps we shouldn't go kind of head over heels about the form but red happy has come out and won again since and uh horse just cruised through that race and, and just breezed through it and i just thought look uh maybe if there was a slight issue there that tongue tie seems to have sorted things out Nichols team are in flying form uh, an amazing race really that every horse in the field was the last time out winner uh, incredibly competitive, whole host of unexposed sorts. Um, uh, yeah, a, a tentative pick, but I would be with Shearer in this opener. <clears throat> yeah, Shearer seven to two, best price, second favourite behind Wrexham there um, in the opener, the one thirty. Uh, onto the second race on the card, it is the uh, handicap chase over three miles and a furlong. Uh, the Hollow Ginge is seven to two favourite ahead of Tally Beg at six to one. Uh, Captain Catterstock also six to one with the Wolf nine to one. Cursarin, uh, nine to one, twelve to one. Motown Maggie, twelve to one. Alzamar Guard, twelve to one. Neville's Cross and Lord Accord and Organdi as well. About half the field, twelve to one here. Ed, um, where are you looking for the for the second? Well, again, I'm I'm kind of fence sitting here in the sense that I thought the Hollow Ginge uh, when this race was priced up early in the week, week I think it was around six to one or there or thereabouts. Mm. And obviously that made plenty of appeal. Uh, now that price has obviously gone up in smoke. This has clearly been the target for some time. I was beaten ahead in this last year off 137. Uh, comes in here 10 pounds lower. Good record fresh. Just say beaten and on the line in this race 12 months ago. You'd imagine uh, for this nine-year-old, this has been the target for some time. Just just a note on the Twister Davis team, though. They're unusually quiet for this time of year. They're only, you know, one winner in October. 
uh, bizarre, really. But I see a lot of the trainers are saying that they haven't got a lot of their string out on the grass gallops and some of the serious work. So it could be because of the, the dry summer we've had, uh, some of the bigger yards and basically a lot of the yards are perhaps just a month or so behind where they normally would be, which is an, another added conundrum, if you see what I'm saying. So I like the hollow jeans when you're six to one, three to one not really bowled away by it. So all in all, I'm just kind of a bit scratching my head with this one. So I'll leave it to Andy. There you go. Andy, take it away. Can't add any more than what Ed's already uh, said. Um, <laughs> I, I come to the conclusion that the hollow gingers is the one I'd want to be with if I was going to have a bet, but it's an absolute stinker of a race. It really is. Um, a lot of horses making their seasonal debuts. You've got Tully Beg due to running a novice chase on Friday. So I presume he'll be out. Um, you'd always have to respect the Gordon Elliott horse because he won it nice last year with a definite plan and he's got Motown Maggie lurking down the bottom but um, yeah a lot of sort of horses that have more renowned to be summer st stroke autumn jumping horses locking hordes with horses making their seasonal reappearances where fitness is at a, we, don't, we don't know whether they're you know A-OK -okay or not um, so yeah I, I'd go with the hollow gins look he's top of our figures as well based on that run last year beyond definite plan so he'd be the one to go with but virtually no view whatsoever in that race the hollow ginger seven and two with william hill if you are really searching for a bet but it's not a strong one from either of the guys uh, a fascinating race in the third in the masterson holdings hurdle and he's sponsoring the race which is uh, good of him uh, over two miles and uh, we've got uh, the locking of horns uh, between pied piper and knight salute after they Dead heated at, at Aintree, and then Knight Salute was given the race uh, in the stewards' room. Uh, but Pied Piper is the favourite to, to turn that form around at, at even money. Knight Salute nine to four, Doctor Parnassus eleven to two, Bella Centia uh, ten to one, Sawbuck fifty to one. Tricky this, Andy, isn't it? Because you know Pied Piper obviously beat um, beat Knight Salute comfortably at Cheltenham, and then a month later uh, it was much tighter between the two. Do, do you think Pied Piper deserves to come into this one as favourite? Oh, absolutely, yeah. He he looks one of the Strongest favourites on the card. I, I can't really see him getting beat here. Um, certainly pay a huge amount of respect to Milt Harris and what he did with Knight Salute. It's quite phenomenal. He managed to get a grade one victory out of him. Mm. He turned that horse inside out uh, from, I think it was Amanda Perrett's stable when he looked a bit of a, um, a total cast off. Um, but yeah, Pied Piper, I think, has just got a better body of work. I think it was a strange decision to... to Give the race to Knight Salute in the stewards room at Aintree. I must admit, I thought that was one of the oddest decisions of the season. Um, but either way, Pied Piper beat him quite easily in the Triumph Hurdle uh, around a stiffer track. And Pied Piper at least has had a, a, the benefit of a recent run as well. I say recent, it was 130 days ago, but he did run really well in the Ascot Stakes. Well, Ascot behind none other than Coltrane. Uh, we know what horse, what kind of horse he is now. You know, second to Trushan the other day, a genuine grade one stayer. And he only got beat three lengths. He also had a really troubled passage as well that day. He went for a run up the rail, didn't get a run, had to switch. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Pied Piper will win this and they'll win it easily. Um, so, yeah, no no, no, uh, no question for, for me to talk about too many other horses. Fair play. Ed, are you, you aligned with Andy? Do you think this is Pied Piper's? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think Cheltenham swings it more towards Pied Piper. All, all for the fact that I actually think Pied Piper is quite a quick course. Knight Salute's wins, you know, Aintree, Kempton, Doncaster, very good on flat traps. I know he won at Cheltenham, but that was just through superiority uh, last season where he beat 120 rated sort in the process of doing so. So, I I, I don't know. Pi Piper had uh, Knight Salute and Dr. Parnassus comfortably behind, uh, didn't he, in the Triumph Hurdle. And mm. 
I mean, on trials day, Pi Piper looked an absolute machine and say to be beaten two and a half lengths by Vauban. Pretty smart former. I, I, I'd be tempted here, given the, the penalty structure. Uh, I actually think Dr. Parnassus might come into this if the rains do continue to fall. And I'd probably go Pi Piper to win with Dr. Parnassus to follow him home. I think there's more to come from that Dan Skelton individual. Looked a, a monster when he won his, his novice uh, over two and a half. And then uh, I think the ground perhaps a little bit quick for him on, on, on the triumph hurdle itself. And perhaps he was a little bit outclassed. But keep your eyes on the weather with him. All in all, I think Dr. Parnassus, when he steps up in trip uh, towards the end of the season, I think they've said they're going to look at stepping him up in distance in the spring. I think he might come into his own over that type of distance when there's a bit more of a emphasis on stamina. But uh, So essentially, I think Pi Piper will win. And if the rain does arrive, I'll, I'll get Dr. Parnassus to get ahead of Night Salute get in receipt of that £8. Yeah, interesting. So, um, yeah, taking on uh, Night Salute, uh, Dr. Parnassus, the one to follow Pied Piper home. Um, there is a market uh, without Pied Piper where Dr. Parnassus is 5-2. to two. Uh, Would that take your fancy, Ed? Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I, I said, the, the, and again, to add that proviso, the only snag is how how fit are the horses, you know. Um, Dr. Parnassus making his first run for six months, but at that type of price, I'd probably take the chance. But all in all, I, I just probably might, yeah, my nap on the car. Pied Piper, uh, I think a couple of firms were going odds against until recently. You can still get even mm. money. I think that's perfectly fair by the horse who, who brings uh, very good Cheltenham form to the table. And I think that will be the difference between him and Knight Salute when it when it comes to the crunch. Always good when the lads are in agreement. Sounds like a bit of a nap to me. Um, Pied Piper, even money uh, with a fair few firms. Only Paddies and Hills, Unibet and Betfair are odds on at 10 to 11. But Bet365, Skybet, 888, Victor, Corals, Freds, everyone else, all, all even money. Uh, so go and take that even. Sounds like one to get on side. Uh, handicap Chase now, over two miles. We'll stay with you, Ed, uh, for, for this one. Clear the runway. Um, winning machine uh, is three to one. Uh, Editor de Jeet is seven to two. Dad's Lad four to one. Uh, F and Rock seven to one. The Widowmaker eight to one. Poseidon twelve to one. And El Baracho twelve to one. Yeah, uh, we cleared a runway. What a success story uh, on the sixth time now. It was amazing, really. I was looking back through the profiles of some of these horses. You go back to March and um, last season's Chowder Festival. Obviously, you had like Editor de Jeet lining up in the Grand Annual. Well, cleared a runway in March was uh, winning at Sutherwolf one hundred and eleven. Um, so really had just rocketed through the ranks and his, his swimming with sharks here now uh, bolted up last time out on seasonal reappearance. The only thing up editor to sheet is going to go off like the clappers uh, as mm. he always does. And I think that's naturally it's going to put pressure on those jumping in behind. Now I've been watching some of the replays of clear the runway, refresh the memory, including at Worcester last time out. What's the most fluent of jumpers There are a couple of errors in there, which, you know, if you've been to Worcester, a lovely track, but, you can make a mistake at a fence at Worcester and you'll go through it. You'll get away with it. You hit a fence at Cheltenham, you're going to know about it. And I, and I, I just wonder whether clear the runway at the pace they're going to go here. This could just be a little bit of a shock. I mean, look, it, horse is still six, is improving. But I just have my reservations in the jumping department at this pace. And I, I think Edward Zajit could run them absolutely ragged. A horse who loves this venue. Um, form figures of 1-1-4 one, one and four over course and distance. Uh, loves Cheltenham. They experimented it up to two and a half miles in the grade one last time out. That didn't work out. They they found out he didn't stay. Back to minimum trip. Uh, Niall Houlihan on board, claiming three pounds. Yeah, I think you said there's a bit of four to one floating around. I might miss surgery there, George, but seven to two mm. I've got for Editor De Gite. Uh, anything seven to two or bigger, I think's fair. Essentially, I'm, I'm I'm against clear the runway here. I think it's a, a fantastic success story. 
But uh, as I said, I think he's swimming with sharks in this company now. And uh, personally, I think we'll get found out. Swimming with sharks and time to, yeah, for time for that winning run to stop. Okay, the one rate runway. Editor Jajit, 7-2 with every single firm up on Strecker Grid. So, uh, yeah, 7-2 the way to go. And a couple of firms also paying three places as well. I should mention Bet365, William Hill, Skybet, Betfred and Bet UK all paying three places, even though seven runners. So if you did want to maybe have a, an each way multi or something like that, you could stick Editor Jajit in at 7-2. Um, should be a solid way to go. Uh, Andy, how do you see this? Yeah, I, t- I tend to agree with Ed with um, his assessment of clear the runway. I do like him and his, his overall time figures and form at places like Worcester in particular last time out are pretty good. But this is a whole different ball game, as he said. Um, I think Ed Degee would be the one I'd want to get with down the front end of the market uh, based on his Sheldon form. Do try and stick to Sheldon form as and when I see fit. And he has got a mm. good record in these fairly small field races. Obviously, he wasn't good enough for grade one company on his last start, but uh, that was um, probably a bit too far as well at the end of a hard season. So I'd see him as the most likely winner. I'd actually have him in favourite myself. I think the Widowmaker could be the interesting one away from the front two. Um, first run for Joe Tizard officially. Um, you know, Joe's done a really good job since taking over the reins. And um, his horses have become a little bit more reliable than they were in that little period for 18 months when they had one or two issues in the yard. I think that's fair enough to say. Um, he doesn't have to lead. He, he can lead. But I think the fact that he's more than likely to take a little bit of a, a breather in, in in behind the pace here today, and he stays further than two miles, I think just might play into his strengths. I, I don't think he's quite graded level, but he's not a million miles off. He ran against some of the kind of horses that you'd expect to be uh, doing really well as second season novices such as Miller's Bank at Aintree on his final start. Uh, that wasn't a bad effort, and he got beat up 15 lengths. So I do see him as being the fly in the ointment, and he's the kind of horse as well, because he's quite a buzzy type. I'd imagine that doesn't take a great deal getting fit. So I think it's five to one for him. Is it, would that be correct? We don't um, know. A bit bigger, I think. Hold on, let me get it back up again. It's eight to one with 365. Three places. <sighs> yeah, that, I mean, now, now you've just given me that sort of nugget then yeah eight to one i was going to say bet, bet him without the favorite but bet three six five uh, three places eight to one yeah that's just plainly the wrong price because you know they are going to go good clip here you got editor de Guy, you know el baracho yeah if not as well you know when she won the welsh champion earlier the other day she made the running and oh he's a renowned front runner so you know he, he's bound to pick up some pieces later on and you know he, he could um he could scoop a lot the Widowmaker, strong selection there. If you can get that eight to one, three places, it might be gone by the time this goes out, judging That's by the look on so Andy's sorry. face when I <laughs> yeah. when I said it. For those listening to as this as a, as a podcast rather than watching, um, yeah, Andy's face was, I don't think I've ever seen you make that face before. It was great. Um, we've got to rattle through this pretty quickly. Uh, we've got places to be. Uh, the 350 next up is the uh, Potemps handicap hurdle. Botox has the six to one favourite ahead of uh, Shoot First at 13 to two. Salvador Ziggy, seven to one. Panic Attack, 17 to two. And Toyer, uh, nine to one, twelve to one. Bar those uh, eighteen runners here, a couple of firms: Paddy, Skybet, Hills, paying six places. Ed, who do you fancy in the in the Potemps hurdle? Yeah, uh, as wide open as you would expect. Uh, worth pointing out, I, I believe I'm right. Um, and the Potemps final qualifier rules change now. It's top four in order to book your ticket for the Cheltenham Festival. It was mm. the top six places. So just having to bear in mind if you're looking at the the longer game, if you like. But um, uh, look. I've got a very small each-way play here on Ask Dylan, horse number nine. Fergal O'Brien team are absolutely flying. Uh, Jack Hogan, uh, seven-pound claimer, a jockey's making a lot of people sit up and take notice at the moment on board. 
And look, recent form figures for Arsenal and don't inspire that uh, you could see that. However, as a consequence, the uh, assessor has released the handbrake and off 136 is now eight pounds lower than when last successful, which funnily enough came at Cheltenham. And then you throw in Jack Hogan's seven pound claim on top of that. Uh, Arsenal is a very well treated horse on form of this time last year. In fact, if you go back to his form in the December per attempts qualifier, which was uh, won by Kansas City Chief in second place that day, was Botox has. Now, Botox has is your market leader at six to one. Ars Dillon is 25 to one, but Ars Dillon has a 10 pound pull at the weights of Botox has for that four length kind of defeat behind him. So he, he's waited to go well. It's just whether mm. the old fire still burn at the age of nine, but say, you know, given the price, I'm, I'm happy to take my chances each way there. It's just say shop around for your, your each way terms, 25, six places. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if he made the frame. I think he's incredibly wide open. Botox has, you could argue, is still fairly handicapped in the sense that he, he won the national spirit. I think he only went up a pound for it, which I'm still looking at how the handicapper came to that uh, assumption by winning that huge pot at Fontwell and only getting a pound hike. I mean, you've seen him get about a £10 hike for winning a, a Mickey Mouse summer race these days, don't you? So uh, I, I don't count with that one out. But essentially, I, I think that the kind of previous Charlton form, uh, that collateral form, could be quite important here. And at a massive price, as I said, are still an inform yard, well handicapped, winning form at Presby Park will do for me at 25 to 1 each way. 25 to 1 each way is the price there, uh, Ed. Uh, Andy, over to you. Yeah, a couple of games that fell for me. Um, one that's had a run recently, uh, did they leave you out too, who was a solid fourth in the Silver Trophy. By and large, that Silver Trophy form usually stands the test. It was a good race this year. It was won by Nappers Hill, who um, was a good novice last season and was a worthy winner on the day. But I like the way Nick Gifford's all stayed on in the latter stages. I think this stiffer track will suit him. 12 to 1 is not a bad price for him. And the other one is Panic Attack, who's a, um, a not say a course regular, but she's been around Cheltenham a few times. She won over two and a half miles there last season, the day when I napped her, and she made heavy weather, to be honest. But mm. in the cold light of day, having seen her run at uh, Haydock next time out, it's no great surprise because I think she needs further than two and a half miles nowadays looking at her. She was very strong in the finish um, um, behind that thing of Sue Smith's at uh, Haydock on a final start. I'd imagine, you know, given connections, this meeting has been on their mind for a little while. You know, you have to look at David Pope and the owner to know that they do like having winners at this uh, showcase and, of course, the, the main meeting in um, in November. Um, and I still think she's quite well handicapped up for Mark 125. So fairly consistent type as well. Panic attack, along with uh, didn't they leave you out too, would be two each way bets against the field there. Okay, did they leave you out too, 12 to 1 uh, with bet 365. Who's the other one? Panic attack. And panic attack as well. Yeah, uh, 17 to 2 best price with Hills, who are also six places, and bet Victor as well. Uh, the last two races on the card, uh, no prices as yet. We've got a novice chase and the bumper. Um, any Anything here, Andy? Any any of those bumper runners look stand out in your ratings? I'm quite looking forward to seeing Marlon Mission over, over a fence in the 425. Absolute big slab of a unit uh, trained by John McConnell. Think of memory running the Albert Bartley, did he not? Um, he finished, I think he finished seventh, and he went to Perth and he, he lowered the colours of um, a horse of Paul Nichols. Is it won the the EBF final? I think was it current, current something, current option or something like that. Um, sorry, complete unknown. Complete unknown. That's the one. Yeah, complete unknown. Yes, thank, thanks, Ned. Uh, Ed, I keep calling you Ned. I've got a friend called Ned. He calls me every day. I've been called, called a lot worse, Andy. So don't no, worry. No, no, yeah, yeah he, he's, he's in my brain at the moment. Um, yeah, so Marlon Mission, I'm really looking forward to seeing him. 
Uh, obviously, he's up against the likes of Ashtray Meadow and Chemical Energy, Life in the Park, have all been summer jumping. They've got a fitness edge, but, you know, John McConnell bringing him over here, he, he wouldn't have any stone unturned, as far as I could see. And I'm a, I'm a big fan of Fergal O'Brien and these bumpers at Cheltenham. Um, whether they're jockey arrangements, I don't know, but Paddy's riding school days over, which has got to be respected. But he's got a lovely mare down the bottom called Dreaming Diamond, who actually comes out top of our time figures based on that victory at Worcester back in the summer. She was really good um, coming off a very strong pace that day. She came from a long, long way behind as well. Uh, it seemed impossible she could win off the home turn, but she did it easy. Liam Harrison, who, who rode her that day, um, um, gets gets on board again. So depending on what price she is, she is I'll be having a look at her in the last. Great stuff. Yeah, <clears throat> two to keep an eye on. Uh, Ed, anything for you uh, before prices are out the weekend uh, we should, should look out for when, when prices do come out this afternoon? I haven't got anything in the bumper, although I was interested in what Andy says, because I, I'm from right in thinking the uh, Fergal O'Brien second string won it last year with Bonte, mm. uh, causing a huge upset yep. at 22 to 1. Uh, now, in the 425, obviously, Ashtree Meadows declared on the Friday, so this race has got a messy look to it. I do like life in the park. I thought the horse looked the better before he <clears throat> went in that two mile six assignment on Chase debut last time out, and I know his. Um, his main market principal uh, ran an absolute stinker. So maybe that form can, uh, you can get a little bit carried away with it, but I just thought he took defences well. He did shift right-handed in a couple of obstacles, which would be something just to keep an eye on and a, a small worry, but unexposed Henry de Bromhead chaser up to three miles, uh, ticking a lot of the right boxes. So yeah, I do like life in the park in 425 uh, and in the bumper, I'll either be trying to beat the traffic or order a, a skinny latte. We'll, we'll see how the day's going. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Uh, thank you very much to both Andy and for Ed uh, for sharing their tips and insight with us ahead of a great day's racing on Saturday at Cheltenham. Ed, are you going to be there both days? Yeah, they're both days. Absolutely. Yeah. Great. Track in the moment with my um, my uh, galvanised umbrella, uh, looking at the weather, and then um, yeah, Saturday uh, the the weather should be set fair for for a good day's action. So no, it's great to have it back, and uh, yeah, very much looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely is. Uh, have a great day uh, and we will see you guys again, uh, hopefully next week. Uh, thank you guys very much for watching or listening to this. Do subscribe to the Odds Checker YouTube channel or you can find these shows on any podcast provider as well. And download the app where you can find the best prices, book your offers, free bets, play stands and the best tipsters in the game, including Andy himself. Uh, hopefully a great weekend's racing at Cheltenham. Uh, do enjoy uh, your racing, whatever you're watching this weekend. But as is always the case when you're betting, please do ensure that you are gambling responsibly.